0: This episode of discovering Trek discovery is dedicated to the memory of Abby Smith, the wonderful fur baby of Bill and Kelly. At the time of recording this episode, Bill was unavailable as he and his wife were tending to their precious dog, Abby, who had undergone surgery to remove a tumor on her liver. It was only after recording that we were told that Abby had crossed the rainbow bridge, the entire Trek geeks podcast family offers our condolences to Bill and Kelly on the loss of such a wonderful, sweet pup. May she rest in peace, and may her memories be a blessing.
1: The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles, with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. A new president, a new captain,
0: and a new crisis. Season 4 of Star Trek Discovery is finally here as Captain Burnham and the crew of the USS Discovery work to rebuild the Federation as a new and catastrophic threat shows up which destroys everything in its path. Set a course for the 32nd century, everyone. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek Discovery. Welcome back, one and all, to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion presented by Fansets. It's been way too long since we last saw the crew of the USS Discovery flying around the galaxy and helping solve the cause of the burn, and we have been anxiously awaiting its return. Well, we wait no longer as Season 4 has finally kicked off with an amazing first episode called, interestingly enough, Kobayashi Maru. And as the title indicates, a no-win situation is facing our new captain as a new and extremely dangerous anomaly threatens the Federation and the entire galaxy. It sounds like more than I can handle by by myself, so I am thrilled to once again welcome back to the Discovery Roundtable, my amazing co-host, First up, beaming in all the way from the West Coast in sunny California, it's our dear friend and co host of Discovering Trek Enterprise and Discovering Trek Lower Decks. It's Casey Shasky. What up, dog? Hey, What's going on, everybody.
2: Hey. It's great to be back for another season of Discovery. Oh, it is so great. We
0: have such a great time talking all things Star Trek with you, man, and also saving the best for last, though, I do have to say. I'm sorry, Casey. Uh, Joining us from the great white north, she is the other awesome host of Discovering Trek Enterprise and Discovering Trek Lower Decks, and she's also one of the hosts of Rewind the beautiful and talented Sarah. Hey,
3: girl. Hey. Hi. It's so (laughs) wonderful to see you two handsome gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. Here we are.
0: That is so wonderful. And everyone, as you know, normally our good friend and co-host Bill Smith is here to join us, but he is not here with us tonight. Uh, We wish he and Kelly all of our love as they are tending to their fur baby, Abby, who recently had some surgery. So we're going to send best thoughts and prayers and happiness to them, and and Bill will be joining us back in the uh, very near future. So, uh, okay, boys and girls, let's fly. Black alert. Black alert. From here on in, folks, this episode of Discovering Trek does contain spoilers. So if you haven't watched episode one of Star Trek Discovery season four, stop listening right now. Head on over to Paramount Plus or wherever you watch Discovery. Watch the latest episode, then head back over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for Kobayashi Maru.
2: Episode 401 of Star Trek Discovery Kobayashi Maru is written by Michelle Paradise and Alice Kurtzman, and Jenny Lamette, directed by Olatunde Osunsanmi. After months spent reconnecting the Federation with distant worlds, Captain That's right. Captain Michael Burnham and the crew of the USS Discovery are sent to assist a damaged space station, a seemingly routine mission that reveals the existence of a terrifying new threat. Originally released on November 18th, 2021, it is the season premiere of Star Trek Discovery's fourth season
3: to the briefing room.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, friends, as we gather in the briefing room to start our discussion on episode 1, the season premiere of Discovery Season 4, let's get some high-level thoughts. We always love to do this. Was it a thumbs up? Was it a thumbs thumbs down? And why? And I'm going to start with Bill because he isn't here. I'm going to let him, everyone know what he thought. He gave it a thumbs up. He said it was an incredibly solid season premiere and it definitely establishes a much different tone than that of season three, which I, I certainly can't disagree with. And Sarah, what did you think?
3: I gave this thumbs up, two of them, big time. Absolutely. I enjoyed this episode. I loved the opening scene with those butterfly people. And I really liked the intensity on the bridge between the captain and the president. Big Excellent. time. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Okay, so two thumbs up so far. Casey, what
2: do you got, buddy? Um, I started with a barely thumbs up. Uh, the uni- Yeah, a universal ex- existential threat again, and it reminded mm. me of the movies always trying to one-up themselves over and over again, and for me, that's not a good reminder, but as the episode went on, it became a full thumbs up.
0: Okay, I can agree with that. I actually gave it a big thumbs up as well. Um, I didn't realize how much I miss this crew, how much I miss the ship, and the special effects and stories in Star Trek Discovery. I do agree with you, Casey. It's the fourth season it's the fourth big crisis and uh, okay mm-hmm. okay it's the same it's a different different crisis same story I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense or not but definitely a thumbs up lots of great things to talk about um, so let's get right into it actually that's four I guess so we'd say four four thumbs up out of four so far for season one so that's yeah. good yeah <laughs> um, let's start with with some of the highlights of what we thought for this uh, uh, episode and and Sarah let's start with you again what did you uh, really um, put his highlights for this first episode of the season?
3: Um, one of them was definitely the introduction of the new character, the president. Um, I can't remember her name. I don't have it jotted down on my notes. But I just loved what she brought to the scenes on the bridge where her and Michael are having a showdown. I think it stressed me out in a good way because I was like, nobody should question, but also you really should question. And I thought that it was a great acted scene. And it just was something I wasn't expecting. I really like that. And I also just that darn cat grudge. She is a queen. And she brings comedy to a show that can get really intense and really heavy. And I just those like I said earlier, that opening scene and all because of the cat and the misinterpretation. I just thought it was a great opener. Got me excited.
0: Wasn't that a movie that darn cat? It sure was. See? see, see tangents. The, yeah. the, the, the The That Darn Cat podcast will be premiering live in <laughs> 2064. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to agree with that. I, I did love that. Uh, it, it, how often do we see th- things like this on shows like Three's Company and Big Bang Theory, that mm-hmm. something is misinterpreted and it makes for some great humor? And we got to see that right off the bat in the opening scene of, of Discovery Season 4, Casey with the butterfly people. I love how Sarah call them that. Cause that's what I call them with misinterpreting what grudge actually was. I thought that was a pretty good way to start the, uh, the season off.
2: Mm-hmm. It was, it was because you're, you're seeing things of, Hey, th- this reaching out, this trying to regrow the Federation will have failures and successes. And this, this away uh, mission, boy, that, that was rough. As can be, <laughs> and, and to see something not go right, I think was kind of refreshing, and also the the nice little humor when they're running away of like, "There's always a cliff." Why is there always a cliff? That was <laughs> yeah, beautiful. That was
0: <laughs> yeah, we see that in a lot of Star Trek. I loved staying to that first scene before we get to to your um, uh, points of the episode, Casey. That first scene I thought really gave a good jump start to the episode, especially. Visually, we get to see Bookship mm-hmm. come out of the uh, the back of the Discovery, and then it does its its whatever it does to you know form into a differently shaped ship. Which Transformers, is kind of interesting, Yes, right, after Optimus Prime. Um, but the special effects on the planet were really good. I don't, I'm not talking specifically about the butterfly people flying, but I'm talking mm-hmm. just about the planet itself and the and their ship decloaking. The visual effects team certainly hasn't taken any time off in producing great contact and context, and we see that right off the bat.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think this is the first season they're using the uh, I don't know what else to call it, but the the Mandalorian, uh, huge screens. Yeah the, yeah, the big green screen set, you like know, the whole er, set. Yeah. Everything, but it's like, you don't have to green screen anything any, anymore. It's all there, and as the camera moves, the background moves, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's going to open up so much for this show. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I definitely agree. What else did you love
2: about the episode besides that opening scene? Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, one, I really like all this of that, you know, Burnham has a reputation, with Starfleet. And she has a reputation for taking that wild swing. And so far, the, the, the swings have come out positive. But there's, you know, trepidation about one day, this is going to backfire on her and her crew. And uh, with the president being there and talking with her and, and you know, making some judgments about uh, the new captain, it's like, hey, we, you know, we don't beat the odds, we play the odds. So it's to see what is going to happen here and how the character of Captain Burnham is going to continue to grow as the seasons progress. And then secondly, I love it that there's been about five months of traveling to former Federation planets with assistance. They've had some incredible results. There's now, what, um, 59 uh, Federation members that are now all together. So in that amount of work, real progress is being seen and real growth and something that I think for a show that is very crisis, crisis, crisis to see such a, how I take it, a positive spin of that, hey, things are really getting better there will be setbacks, there will be crisis that we have to deal with, but things are getting better and we are living up to our promise of being the Federation and helping people, no strings attached.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man. I mean, at five months of traveling to different planets and and more of them are joining, I'm sure we're going to see Navarre in there at some point. Um, they've succeeded and the crew has succeeded because they're all like lieutenant commanders and lieutenants and stuff now, so promotions all around on the bridge crew, um, which I thought was pretty cool uh for me i got i gotta kind of um uh agree with what Sarah said at the beginning and 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 what you touched on also Casey is that opening scene with the butterfly people really really kicked the season off incredibly it was it was the first contact post-burn gone wrong, and we got to see tension, but we got to see humor involved in that, which Mm -hmm. I really think made for Mm -hmm. a much more enjoyable scene. I mean, if it was just the tension, and they're getting fired at, and they're gonna, you know, know, the ship saves the day by getting those satellites all working, yeah, that would have been great, but the, the the communication and the back and forth between Book and, and Burnham really made the scene work. And it shows not only that they're great actors, but the relationship of these two characters mm-hmm. is going strong. And they did a great job. Yeah. I question a little bit right. what Book was doing on this away mission because he technically isn't Starfleet or the Federation. But I was okay with it after watching it the second time and, and just seeing how these two work so well together as a couple and as representatives of the federation
3: yeah it had a real lower deck feel to it (laughs)
2: it there there you go and those two work together as actors they work together really well yeah there is there is a chemistry there and um an ease to how they work together where i buy them 100% 100%. 100%. There's that one scene in the in the corridor where he's heading off to his home planet and she's going to be going
0: um, uh, to the bridge. And he says, what does he say that she has a face when she's not happy about something? Oh. Not a grudge face, but it was some kind of face where her eyebrow yeah. furrows up. Th- th- and you feel like they've been together forever. And they're they're just they're actors doing their craft, and it, it works so well. the The chemistry between these two is great, and I, I can't mm-hmm. wait to see where the season takes them as a couple. And are we going to see Book join the Federation at some point? Are we going to see uh, his home world join the oh. Federation? Yay. We'll get into that later, because of course the end of the episode was quite um unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing that I really liked about this episode that I didn't like to begin with was the Federation president. I really didn't know if I was going to like the president. Uh, The actress's name, I believe, is Chayla, if I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. Horsdal. Um, She was fantastic. I love the Cardassian, Bajoran human DNA Mm -hmm. that she's got. That's really cool. I'm glad to see that in a thousand years. Uh, Bajorans and Cardassians absolutely Um, so I thought that was great I really (laughs) did not know if I was going to like her very much um, because she was kind of brash and I agreed with Burnham at the beginning that she's just doing this for a political tick box um but I can tell you uh, that by the end of the episode, I was all in with this president. I think she's going to be great. I don't think we're going to have a bad Merle president, no. so to speak, where something bad where she's got something you know that she's hiding from everybody. Great first episode. Great introductions to new characters. Um, and interestingly, interestingly enough, what we haven't talked about is this crisis, this this whatever it is, the gravity well or or whatever. His book's home plan is gone, man. What yeah. the heck? That, I mean, can, I mean that would be, could you imagine if that was a season-ending cliffhanger like best of both mm-hmm. worlds style where we have to wait a whole year plus oh. before we see that, Sarah? I would have been like pulling what hair I have left out of my head. Um if it was I mean, Luckily we only have to wait a week to see what happens, but it does it does not look good for Quijon.
3: It doesn't. And it was uh, what Casey said earlier kind of struck with me too about like here, oh my god, here we go again! Like this is extreme. It's an entire planet gone. We've and we've seen this before, and that's okay. But and I get they wanted to throw a tailspin into the character of Book and give him a a big challenge, but they could have had like a disease come out onto the planet or something. Like there's other things they could have done. So there was a little bit of me that was like, oh man, what a bummer! What a bummer! Mm-hmm.
0: Especially after what we saw. On the planet, you know, he was he was, um, you know, he and his his his, his quote unquote brother didn't get along for so many years because of everything that was going on. Now they have reunited their family. They have this he has his nephew who's going through this ritual, which was really great to see. And I kept saying to myself, why do they keep showing this kid running slow in slow motion with the camera behind him? It just was. It was. It was interesting. And then, of course, we had the birds flying off, and we saw what happened later. But it really was. It really was a, a punch to the stomach that he's finally reconnected with his family. Everything's going great, and then the next thing you know, he's looking at the view screen, and his planet's destroyed. That's not a good day. It's
2: an no. awful day, right? <laughs> it's an wow. awful day because it is. I mean, the producers and writers set us up to Mm -hmm. emotionally be invested and then sucker punched us right in the nether regions of just, and I, I I hear what you're saying, Sarah, I think though they went for the hardest gut punch possible Mm -hmm. to really set up the stakes for the rest of this season of no planet that you think is safe is safe. All bets are off. And you can see it, Sarah. If you, if you
0: haven't watched it, or if you've seen it but want to see it again, go back and re-watch the scene where they, where they get to the bridge and Book is looking at the view screen, and he sees the planet, but we don't see it yet. Look at Burnham. The look on her face in the background, it's kind of out of focus, but her, the look on her face is unbelievable. And then they do the close-ups of all of the crew, including the captain. But that initial look from, from Sonequa behind uh, David... Is is worth the entire episode and the devastation that we're about to see on screen? It was it was a great first episode.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. When yeah. You, when you're coming back, you you come back strong, <laughs> and they they sure did. And and I mean, what do you what do you all think? But it it seems like Discovery is its own animal now. It's, oh, absolutely. You know, it's not. Hey, we're doing a kind of a backdoor pilot thing for you know for another thing it's like no this this is who we are we yeah. are our own show we're going to own everything
3: mm-hmm.
0: and i'll be the first person to eat crow when they in season 2 when they were going through the wormhole i was upset that they were going to go to the future so that they didn't have to worry about star trek Canon in air quotes. And I was kind of nervous about what was going to happen. And as we saw in season three, and at least the first episode of season four, I'm loving what they have done with the show. And that's pretty good for someone who's been fired from the job about 20 times like Kurtzman has, right?
3: <laughs> Only 20? <laughs> He's still there. I thought we were in 30 now. I can't remember.
0: <laughs> it probably is somewhere. Anyway.
1: <laughs> the Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have fan sets as its presenting sponsor. Their love of Trek can be seen in every single Star Trek pin they produce, and with over 400 pins to select from and new pins being added every single month, you are sure to find whatever you're looking for to add to your collection. Whether it's one of the amazing Deltas from your favorite Trek series, a beloved character, or maybe even a special edition collector set, you know that Fanset's pins are made with the finest quality and come with the best customer service in the industry. So head on over to fansets.com today. Check out all of their amazing pins from all the different genres they represent. Start by adding a bunch of pins, accessories, or even gift cards to your shopping cart. And at checkout, enter discount code word DISCOVERINGTREK for an amazing 10% off your entire order. That's Discovering Trek in all capital letters with no spaces, for 10% off your fansets.com purchase, and don't forget, if you're in the United States and spend more than $30, you're also going to get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network.
0: Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human Well, Star Trek has always been a reflection of our times, and that does not change. Uh, and in this segment, as always, we're going to take a look at what this episode helped us discover about humanity, or perhaps even what it tells us about ourselves. So Casey, what do you have this week for this important uh, segment of the show?
2: Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the differences in motivation versus mobilization. If we as humans have to rely on external motivation to act, then then we're doomed, motivation is almost always an external event that's usually temporary and fleeting. Being mobilized to act in and or for the benefit of others is a much stronger position to be in. We can be selfishly altruistic and truly have win-win scenarios for all involved. Uh, Also, part of this is that moods, And emotions are not the same thing, and moods are what drive our emotions. So, think about it. You can be in moods of wonder, curiosity, trust, enthusiasm, dignity, or thankfulness, and those drive our actions and emotions towards successful outcomes. On the other end of the spectrum, moods of cynicism, pride, arrogance are detrimental to our success in life. The Discovery crew are in midst of a wonderful and dignified mission to help others without expectation of reciprocation. And I really think the Federation is going to grow more and more stable, more and more prosperous through these types of dignified actions that come internally to help people. That's pretty deep. Uh, Hey. First first episode. Once a year, baby. The rest are gonna oh, be great. so it's all downhill, right? The rest will be two feet shallow pool.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you know, it, it struck me funny that a character I didn't really like at the beginning of the episode, but really loved by the end, is the one that sent the strongest message for me. Now this new president had an awesome and direct conversation with Burnham about her concerns, and I think she's hundred percent correct in her criticisms about Michael. You know, our new captain really is Jack from Lost when you think about it, and if you've watched that show, she has to save everyone. She feels that even losing one person would be a failure, and as we all know in Star Trek, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Michael does tend to put the entire ship and crew at great peril for reasons that many other captains might consider too dangerous. Uh, To me, that's not logical. It's emotional. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the way Michael makes decisions and then tries to convince others and maybe even herself of the reasons for what she's doing. But the president's right. More times than not, Michael can be the wrecking ball more than the pendulum. And if not for dumb luck, some of her past decisions could have had excruciatingly different consequences. And I'm kind of scared that that's going to catch up with her at some point. So I wanted to read what Bill uh, gave for his um, sensor analysis as well. And he says, quote, We're all still learning what we need as we grow the Federation, as we're here in this time in the wake of the pandemic. It still rages on, but the world is a new normal. In many ways, the state of the Federation and Starfleet in this episode really represents life on this planet right now for me. The United Federation of Planets is making efforts to get the band back together, as it were, to begin getting back to some semblance of normalcy as we have here on Earth. We're just beginning our return to some semblance of normalcy in our lives. We're returning to our workplaces and our routines and to one another. Captain Burnham tells the new class of Starfleet Academy that, quote, we'll make the path by traveling it. And that's the advice we must follow ourselves. There's a lot to learn in getting back to our lives, and we'll figure it out as we go. Sarah?
3: um, Thank you. Um, I did not know where to start with this episode. I felt like there was so much happening. There was so much to unpack and there were so many key elements that were happening that you could take with and talk with for an hour, two hours. There was just so much good stuff happening. Um, one thing I really found that stood out was just how this season is setting us up for a transition and like that awkward teenage year for a lot of people because the crew is still toiling with the fact that they're so far away from what they knew there's some people are still struggling with coming to terms with the fact that they're 900 800 years in the future um they're learning to kind of walk in this new era they're learning to deal with the new rules and the new expectations and how vance works and this new president now comes into question them and now we have book trying to figure out what's his next step and then how is Burnham going to walk around book and then you still see that something's going on with Tilly and there's we're waiting to see what's going to happen with Adira and Gray and there's just everyone's kind of lost and they're holding on and it wasn't what I was expecting for a vibe in this beginning of the season but I like it because I have no idea what to expect I have no idea where this is going to go all these characters are in such different places than they were at the beginning of the series Um, Saru as well you know trying to figure out where does he want to be what are his plans he's got so many obligations and so much potential and oh it's just so good i don't know what to think i just yeah it's just been such a good series and i love that this season one is starting off so strong and i love that i'm surprised because it doesn't happen very often this day and age
0: here here So I'm going to go off on a tangent before we get into Starfleet Commendations, guys. We talked about what we loved about the episode, but we didn't really talk about the aspects of the episode. There were so many stories going on. Of course we have this new threat, but we have the amazing scenes with the Discovery and that space station uh, and what's going Mm -hmm. on there with with Tilly and Adira going to, to help Help and and I thought that that was that was great tension with with everything that happened and then we of course have the Adira and Gray situation and what's going to be going on how soon before we know what's going to happen with Gray um, just there there's a lot happening I love mm-hmm. seeing Vance I love seeing Vance with his family that yes. was a really tender moment um, there were so many good things that took place in this episode that we that we never really, really talked about them but I want to make sure that our listeners know that we. We did see all the scenes. We just may not bring them up all the time, but um, I don't think there was one scene, guys, that was in this episode that didn't have um, emotional um, importance and that didn't... It it wasn't just a a lost moment. It wasn't something Mm -hmm. that we're not going to talk about again or have consequences. That might not be the right word, but something going on in the season. So Mm -hmm. I figure I get your thoughts on what you thought about those extra scenes as well.
2: Oh, 100%. I think this was such a well crafted episode to manipulate us in a good way emotionally that it just there was emotion after emotion of seeing like you're talking about of you know family who you choose to be your family what is happening with people how how they're dealing with what they're dealing with in everyday life so that when we get to the end <laughs> and that big hit it's just, um, you know, before, like Spock said in, you know, the, the Star Trek movie, I'm emotionally compromised. So mm-hmm. you get there and there's the, you know, the building blocks or the steps to to get there. And then for all of us, I come on now, for the yearish plus that we've all had is there are things that before we might have just scoffed at or passed by or whatever, but things, I think, for some have t- taken a much deeper meaning and of being able to see people, being able to be around people, appreciating what they do with us and for us every single day, whether, you know, just when you're just there for a friend and you offer that small um, attaboy. That's that small gold star type thing and, and no BSing it. The real things of, you know what I really admire about you is, or one of the things I admire about you is, is this, that can be amazing for people. And this episode, as I watched it again, I was like, you know, gosh, dang it. They're doing a really good job with all these storylines. Who are you, and what have you done with Casey Shafsky? Very nice. good <laughs> <laughs> a lot less whiskey today. <laughs> Sarah, are you on the same
0: page as is, is that eloquent uh, a speech that we just heard? Because that was pretty. That was pretty deep again.
2: Yeah, I got
3: nothing to say. This was this was good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right then. Enough of that then. Let's <laughs> uh, let's move right along.
3: Commendation palm leaf of X and mission Grand Kite Order of Tactics Class of Excellence Terrace Ribbon of Commendation.
0: Of course, one of the things we always like to do is give away awards that really don't mean anything. So we're going to do some Starfleet commendations uh, of what you pick this week to receive as your really top moments of the episode. So, Sarah, let's start with you. What do you got?
3: Oh, my goodness. I'm starting with the writers, Michelle, Jenny and Alex. Holy smokes. I don't know if this was intentional or if other people caught it, but there was a little nod to Galaxy Quest there in the beginning, and I was all about it. I loved that. Um, and also with the, you know, the Archer space dock or space... Yes. Thing, that was just a great little nod. Um, just the, the fact that they were able to pepper such good little bits of humor with a little bit of Easter egg with some really heartfelt emotion and some terror. Like it's just so well-crafted. Um, so big, big, big props to them. Uh, Chela Horsdal, as we've already talked about, uh, President Rillick, that's the name, President Mm -hmm. Rillick. Fantastic new addition. Can't wait to see what we get out of this character. I hope we get more. I hope Mm. she doesn't turn into a bad guy. (laughs) I like, I like where we're going with this. Um, and of course, Senequa Martin-Green, I mean, she's got so much range, she can just stand there, and I'm enthralled, and I'm ready for more, I mean, she can act with her f- facial features, and her looks, and her mannerisms, and it's phenomenal to watch. Love her. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was one. That was one of my uh, commendations was uh, to Chela Horzell. It was pretty cool seeing, like I said before, Cardassian human uh, Bajoran president of the United Federation of Planets. Who would have ever thought while well, we're watching Deep Space Nine uh, and mm. and the older Star Trek that that would mm-hmm. ever happen? And as I've said, at first I didn't like her at all, but I quickly came to realize she is a great character, and I feel she's going to give a lot of substance to the season. And her directness with Michael is something that we need. Um, she's She's a politician because she's the president, but she Mm -hmm. also doesn't, you know, you know. She says what she means, and we don't get that a lot with politicians these days, so it's nice to see someone direct and speak her mind, even if it's going to piss some people off like we saw with her. So I really like that. Um, as Also, we talked about the opening pace of the season. Uh, like I said, I'm not sure why Book was there for a Federation post-Burn first contact, but I'm glad he was because the banter back and forth between he and Burnham was great uh, and made a tense issue really pretty funny and fun to watch so i really like that and i'm going to forever be a fan of what i'm going to call from now on the butterfly peeps that's that's my um, my rock band name um <laughs> Special effects were great. Uh those people were great. And I love how when um the the leader contacted the uh the Discovery afterwards, he just kind of was like, Okay, we're cool. I kind of thought that was good. Um and <laughs> just amazing special effects. The, the the special effects, the opening shot when when Bookship left the Discovery reminded me of the season one first scene where the camera was pulling back and it ended up being Takuma and his eyeball. I really thought that was good and it, it reminded me that it was so So well done. But I got to say, guys, my biggest commendation this week is Archer Station. (laughs) And not only Archer Station, but the music from Enterprise. I teared with that. Uh, It was a great tribute to the show that we're still celebrating the 20th anniversary for. And I got to say, I've always felt that that music, which is Archer's theme, that should have been the official theme for Enterprise. And the fact that they named the space station after Archer so far in the future and then played the music for it, that was the moment for me in this episode, Casey.
2: Heck yeah! I mean, Sarah and I know, after doing a bunch of stuff with Enterprise, when that came up, I was like, dang, they are are bringing everything, everything's intertwining in a a spectacular way. And I think with all the new Trek that we're getting, think about decades from now, how how much stuff is just going to be intertwined of all of this new trek right. that's coming on that stuff we've been loving for 50 years Oh yeah, absolutely. man, I
0: love and and I did also I left it out, but that Archer station with the Voyager J in space dock was, mm-hmm. was pretty cool too. So that's two shows and one shot. I thought it was pretty good. Um, Bill had a couple of things that he wanted to point out for his commendations. Of course, the first one, which seems to always be the case with Bill, and it's he's not wrong, is Sinqua Martin Green. Uh, we've seen such an evolution of Michael Burnham in the last three seasons, and she takes her rightful and earned place in the Discovery captain's chair, and it's all been beautifully. Placed played by Sonequa, he says. He also gives accommodation to Michelle Paradise, Jenny Lumet, and Alex Kurtzman, and says the writers of this episode have been fantastic. The season premiere, in my opinion, is the best season premiere yet for Discovery, and it shows that this writing staff, this cast, and this series has entered its stride. Mm. And he truly looks forward to the journey the season is going to take us on. And I... Definitely agree with that as well. Uh, and his and Bill's third commendation for the week is the VFX team. I ended last season praising this team, and I begin this season with the same praise. Bill says that opening sequence with the dilithium delivery is amazing, and it's just the beginning of what we'll see this season. I'm sure this crew outdoes themselves every season and thank you for all the hard work and love you put into the series. And he and and we've talked about it a few times now this episode. Um Bill's um love for the VFX team is something that I share, it's something that you both share. So, yeah. Great great uh, great commendations from our friend Bill too.
2: You're up, Casey. Ooh, baby. Well, <laughs> let me let me start. I, I costume design. Everyone involved in that. And gosh darn it, if that plum dress uniform on Burnham isn't the best uniform ever i'm sorry i love that uniform and it seemingly kind of comes out of the blue a new refreshing color palette that right. really works and think about it, the you know the new cadets that are coming through we had some cool new uniforms for them as well so you know thanks for the costume design coming up with that uh We briefly spoke about it, but the music score and sound design continue to impress time and time again. There are little touches throughout the episode that ground us in trek, whether it's a like a bridge sound, a musical cue, something, but it's a nice gentle reminder without like like, hey, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. It comes up and you're like, Oh yeah, hey, nice touch. People are paying attention. And Come on now, having the president tell Burnham the report on her was refreshing to hear. It Think about, for me, it adds so much more depth to the character and shows the delicate balance that's going on. You know, when characters are more fleshed out and shown as more human, we can become more invested in the story and, and then we accept harder to believe aspects of other stories. So bringing that in and having... Like you said, I don't think we're getting a, getting a bad moral president. I don't think we're getting someone who's playing. I think it's someone who is just, hey, you know what? I was considering you for something else. But man, the report on you is, is mm, you take some risks and we're all kind of watching out. And it's nice to know that things that those of us on the outside have been wondering about have other characters on the inside recognize, I think once again brings the audience in even more of, oh yeah, we had those questions too. I wonder how that's going to work out.
0: It's interesting that you say that, Casey, because one of the things that my wife Sue said when we were watching the episode the other night, um, we were talking about that that discussion that they had. And Sue says to me, goes, well, isn't that what Starfleet always does? Kirk always took risks. He always put the crew at risk to get what he felt was the best decision. And I, I couldn't disagree with her because that was mm-hmm. Kirk. Of course, you know, Picard was the diplomat. Kirk was the gunslinger. So are we coming full circle now of what the Federation was at the beginning and what, well, actually, Discovery is before Kirk. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: it, it's, it's, we're seeing that wave in the future to maybe back to the same type of captain. It'll be interesting to see if we have other captains in, in Discovery that are willing to take those risks or if they're going to fall in line with what the president wants.
2: Yeah, I I think you're right. There is, there is. I'm gonna call it, you know, like kind of the Brett Favre gunslinger approach that Kirk and Burnham have of, I'm I'm going for the hail mary right now. And Sarah,
0: I I I gotta say though, uh, I I think at some point. It has gotta happen. I mean, you could say that it happened with Captain Giorgio because she, she was killed in the first episode, but something's gonna happen and Burn's gonna make a wrong mistake thinking that she's gonna save everything and somebody's gonna somebody's gonna suffer. Could we say that the guy who ran the space station and died at the end of this episode was that? Or is or is she not gonna look at it that way because she saved all of her crew? I don't know.
3: Oh, do you ask permission or do you <laughs> ask for uh uh you know? You forgiveness you ask for forgiveness, right?
0: Yeah. All, uh, there are so many great things that we could have had as commendations, and all of these are awesome, but many questions, and maybe we'll see something happen over the season. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So... Here we are, guys. Episode 1. It's under our belts, and it's an amazing kick of the fourth season uh, on Star Trek Discovery. So, uh, Casey, what do we have coming up
2: next week? Oh, my gosh. Well, Dan and everybody, next week, Saru returns to help the USS Discovery uncover the mystery of an unusually destructive new force. As Burnham leads the crew, she must also find a way to help Book cope with an unimaginable loss. It's Episode 2, Anomaly and we'll break it all down next week. Until then, remember that you, that's right, you, can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,
1: Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoverytrek.com. If you enjoy what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you can get access to the unedited recordings of episodes, as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards like our annual supporters pins and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt, along with other things. We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are truly so grateful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney. Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks today for all the details.
0: Well, a special thanks, as always, to Casey and Sarah for a great discussion, and we look forward to Bill joining the roundtable very soon. Uh, So what did you all think of the episode and of our discussion? We want you to hit us up on Twitter and give us your thoughts. We are at Discovering Trek, and we would love to hear from you. And that's going to do it for this week in our discussion of Episode 1, Kobayashi Maru. Season 4 started out with a bang, literally, and it looks like it's going to be another amazing ride for the crew of the good old NCC 1031 Alpha. As always, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to us talk about Star Trek Discovery each and every week. We're so glad to be back. We wouldn't be here without your support, and we thank you so very much. As Casey mentioned earlier, we're going to be back next week to talk all about Episode 2, Anomaly. Until then, here are some words of wisdom from the late Admiral Katrina Cornwell. The only way to make a new road is to walk it. And until next week, Never stop discovering.
3: Music for Discovering Trek is provided by 5-Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at 5 Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive Producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson.